HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Appeal, helping you enjoy your fruits and vegetables at peak freshness and reduce food waste. Learn more at appeal.com. This week on Meet and 3, we're looking at things that have changed and things that are still in flux. From mothers balancing new lifestyles to the social stigma surrounding pumpkin spice. You got rid of the star rating system and talked about, like, I'm not going to use the word ethnic when I talk about food. They recognized that safety was our motivation and, and they were very you know, receptive to the changes, understanding what we were trying to accomplish. A cupcake or a piece of bacon or a glass of rosé is not inherently gendered. Tune in to Meet and 3 HRN's weekly food news roundup, wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, hello, Heritage Radio Network listeners tuning in from 165 countries around the world, about a million listens a month. And today, on November 10th, 2020, we hope they are all listening to Tech Bites, the weekly show where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today we have a really interesting episode, and I say this all the time, um, I always say I have a great guest, an interesting story. And I kind of think that's true every time. I love them all. Um, it's really fun to discover new people, new stories. And this story comes to us via an email that Hannah Forden sent to me. She's one of the amazing staff at Heritage Radio Network. It is a website app called Spicy Green Book. And when I first went to look at the website and do some research as to what Spicy Green Book is all about, I was really struck by the fact that uh, for a startup, they had a whole volunteer page where people can volunteer for different positions and different activities in terms of helping to build the website, the database offerings. And I thought, wow, that's such an interesting idea for a startup because we hear so many founders talking about how strapped they are for resources. And it turns out that this founder didn't actually start a business. He started a nonprofit which makes it even more interesting. So I want to welcome today Danilo Bastin, founder and executive director of Spicy Green Book. Danilo, thank you for joining us really early this morning. We're in New York City and you're in California, so you got up a little bit early today. Good morning. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm over here in uh, Southern California, so a little early over here. 
<laughs> well, we appreciate your time. So when I was um, first talking with Danielle about Spicy Green Book, I was surprised to learn that it was a nonprofit and what the um, underlying motivation is for him. So I'm going to let you describe the evolution of how it came to be. Yeah, so Spicy Green Book started this summer um, right after the George Floyd murder. And uh, we decided to make this a nonprofit as we aim to help the Black community. We aim to help Black-owned businesses in the food and beverage industry by increasing their digital presence. So we pair them with creative professionals, that being photography, videography, uh, design, branding, so on and so forth, uh, to help that digital footprint. Um, like you said, we're really volunteer-based, so a lot of people from around the world were signing up, trying to help out, trying to lend their support and lend their skills and talents to actually get behind a, a project that they could see, all right, so these are some actual actionable steps of what I can do to help the community. We have talked about restaurant discovery and business discovery platforms on this show for many years. Most notably, um, in terms of this category specifically, we've talked to Eat Okra, which is an app that highlights Black-owned businesses as well. That's a business, and yours is a nonprofit. So we know that when people have information about the businesses in their neighborhood or have information about the ownership of businesses, that's a really important piece of people making their decisions about where they want to spend their money, where they want to go eat. Right. Now, since the pandemic, restaurants are particularly struggling um, in ways that we've never seen before. So anything that can uplift uh, a restaurant's business right now is, is crucial and is always very welcome. The idea of Spicy Green Book is, is a good one anytime, especially this time. But what was it that made the decision to make it a nonprofit versus a for-profit business? Right. We're trying to help the community. We're trying to help these Black-owned businesses. So we wanted to operate in a space that we weren't charging the business owners for all these you know, initial promotional services. So nonprofit just seemed in line with that, that we aim to help the community, help these businesses out. And that's been our main focus. Um, our focus starting out was never, how are we going to make this business profitable? Spicy Green Book success is invested in the success of these business owners that we actually put on the website. Are, are they gaining more of a community, gaining more following? Are they learning how to navigate the social media platform? Now business owners are expected to not only just be great cooks, they have to be their own IT and you know tech and marketing and all those other things that go into running a business that they're so involved, they say so involved in their business that they don't really have time to work on their business. So we want to be able to provide help and guidance. And not, not only that, we had the abundance of support of people who wanted to actually help out on the project. So it only made sense that we uh, stick to nonprofit. It's interesting that when you say you had people who wanted to help out on the project, and when you and I spoke uh, last week before putting the show together, you, you had some interesting uh, comments about people coming to you about having desire to make impact but not quite knowing what to do with that desire. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, so, and I think we all deal with this, and and somehow, if especially if you're not in, I guess, politics, you're you see changes you want to happen in your community, but you feel like you may not have the platform or um, the know it all or know how to actually make this change happen. So, Spikes of Green Book to me was kind of like a blueprint or a roadmap. It's just like, okay, hey, you said you wanted to get involved and this is your first time stepping into a, a social justice um, arena, I guess. Here's a roadmap of exactly what you can do that can actually make change in the community you aim to serve. So um, yeah, Spice Green Book was kind of just like the, the how-to guide. And after people kept coming to me asking what I can do to help, uh, to me, it was up to me how to actually use that energy and those resources and the talents that said person may have to actually impact the community. To tell us, um, let's look Let's look at both sides of Spicy Green Book and talk about how people and businesses can become involved. Uh, let's start with what types of businesses Spicy Green Book lists and how businesses can become a part of the platform. Yeah, so if you're a Black-owned business in the food and beverage industry, uh, restaurant, food truck, grocery store, retail, um, well, food retail, um, anything of that nature, catering, all you have to do is go to our Spicy Green Book website, at, and there's an add request button right there. Um, it'll take you to a form, and you'll fill out some simple information, just like business hours, name of the owner, um, you know where you're located, so on and so forth. And then we'll get you all started as far as the onboarding, getting you your agreement, matching you with a photographer who uh, will come and take some beautiful photos for you. The photos are for you to keep. You can post them on your social media, put them on your website. Uh, you will have a spicy green book listing where the photos will live there. Um, as well as, you know, we tend to post on social media. The only thing we ask in return is that when you do use the content is to tag the photographer to give them their creative credit as, you know, they're also volunteers in this project and to tag Spicy Green Book. Um, and then, you know, together we both grow. But upgrading the professional content that you're going to use on any of your media platforms um, and, you know, that's exactly how you've done. So to backtrack a little bit, how do you define Black-owned business? That seems to be the the critical requirement for being a part of the platform. Yeah, so we we ask that, you know, any business that signs up with us to be 50% Black-owned. Okay. So on on that initial form, we had um, asked that you uh, verify that for us. And then in terms of integrating... Spicy Green Book, you're a website and newly an app in the App Store, which is very exciting. Does the website integrate with other existing platforms that the business may be on? Is it creating a completely new a new funnel of information and potential customers and things like that? Or is there an integration into maybe existing websites or other media or social media? Um, I, I wouldn't say we integrate with anything. Um, you know, maybe sometimes we use YouTube to, uh, put the videos up, um, as it, you know, exists on the spicy green book listing, your video will sit there, but it's run through a, a YouTube medium. But, um, no, I, I can't think of, uh, 
you know, actual integrations outside of that. You know, Spice Screen Book is its own entity and we try to provide all the information there. But we do have like redirects. So um, if, if you look on your listing, it'll redirect to your social media, um, redirect to your web page. Uh, you'll have the photographer or whatever creative person, the videographer who works on your listing, have tags to them to list to their social media and their um, listing page. So those are the only things that will kind of be integrated. Uh, one note is that as a business owner, you're you're in full control. Like we allow you to tell your story and that's really we're just providing a platform to amplify your voice. Um, using this professional content can put you in you know the eyes of a new audience. So um, anything you don't like, we, we won't put on there uh, as far as wording and bio and copy. You take that off. If you don't like the photos, we'll remove them, anything of that sort. So um, I, I just really want to stress that this is their page. They own it. And anything they want done or don't want done, we can make it happen. Why is that important to note? It feels like in, in certain instances that the brand and the story that they want to tell gets misconstrued by uh, just being on the internet. You know, they, they often say that anytime you put something out on the internet it, for public consumption, what happens to it is, you know, for the most part out of your control. So we're trying to take that back and let the business owner tell their own story as opposed to, you know, a, a common consumer or, you know, just any person in the public being able to represent their brand in a different way than the business owner intended. That's very true. Anytime anything goes out onto the internet, um, you never know what's going to happen sometimes. And also, (laughs) especially with restaurants, you know, we've been following stories for years about other recommendation sites or restaurant, you know, third-party delivery sites and things like that, that take it upon themselves to create profiles for restaurants that may or may not have anything to do with a restaurant's business or game plan um, and things like that. So it's important to note that these things are happening um, in a really on-demand way. Restaurants, you know, are participating in what's happening with their story online. How many restaurants do you currently have on Spicy Green Book in how many states? Uh, We have 147 businesses, um, 16 states, um, and then we have, um, in addition to the 16 states, we have uh, some businesses in Ontario, Canada. Okay. So we know how restaurants, is there any other way for restaurants to get on the site? Do people send in recommendations or have you heard from people saying, oh, please include my favorite neighborhood, you know, coffee shop or brunch place? Yeah, but it's more assistive if you actually tell the business to actually do said lead work. Because um, in the beginning, yeah, we had a lot of um, just supporters of Spice Green Book saying, oh, you know, what about this business and what about this business and this area? But if, if we can't get in contact with the business owner, it's a, it's a mute point. Um, so a lot of times we have, like, like I said, we have so many volunteers. I have photographers in so many areas that have been so, you know, that I've been humbled by who want to help out. But the business owners haven't responded or we haven't been able to get in contact with them to actually add them to the site. So getting in contact with the business owner and saying and telling them everything Spice Green Book has to offer is a much better route to actually getting them on the side and getting everything we need done to um, help them out. 
you've actually just finished um, making some flyers uh, at brochures that will eventually will be putting on the Spice Green Book website that anybody could print out and hand out, post on a wall or electric pole, whatever you want to do to actually give to those business, get in the hands of those business owners so they can actually see it and see everything that they need to do to get signed up. Um, and, and for some people, it may resonate be- resonate better to actually have something tangible in their hands for, for places that, you know, myself, I'm not able to get to as, as opposed to, you know, digital contact. It's a It's an interesting time where being digital and being online and being connected through social media channels and uh, looking at the news and different groups is really important. It's also kind of exhausting now at the, you know, we're still in the (laughs) midst of of a really, um, really unexplicable election cycle right now. We've been seven to eight months of the pandemic experience. And I think the internet and everything digital has proved to be on the one hand, um, a lifeline in terms of keeping people connected, keeping people informed and allowing people to continue to work. It's also sort of been a black hole of, um, yeah. you know, some kind of a black hole sometimes of disinformation, of insanity, of, you know, emotional doom scrolling, bad news, um, good news, stress that I think um, it's, it's hard sometimes to strike a balance between being online and then trying to get offline and manage that a little bit. So I do think that in this time, things that are tactile and tangible have have become important. Um, people want things that they can hold on to and see, and you know, books and puzzles and things like that that are very tactile seem to have a, a growing place in in what people want to do with their day. Speaking of what people want to do with their day. Um, Let's talk a little bit about the volunteer structure, which is really interesting to me. Um, And again, as I said at the top of the show, when I was initially looking at Spicy Green Book online, I assumed it was a for-profit business, you know, a recommendation platform, which is a great idea. Uh, The fact that it's a nonprofit was really interesting to me. So tell us first, if somebody wants to volunteer, how they go about doing that. Yeah, so we have a bunch of roles that um, you know have little, their descriptions and duties that are on our volunteer page, spicegreenbook.com slash volunteer. Uh, web developers, uh, illustrators, web designers, photographers, so on and so forth. Uh, that anyone could you know say, hey, this 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 skill fits me. But the really cool thing, uh, going back to the flyers really fast, or, or some of the other assets that we're actually working on putting out. Is that when we first started, I was getting so many messages, email, Instagram, whatever, um, on people who wanted to just get involved and help, even if they didn't have those set of skills. Like, I may not be a photographer, but I really believe in what you guys are doing and I want to get involved and want to help. So, um, the flyer, like I said, is just one other way that we are going to continue to promote active volunteerism through so many avenues that I didn't even think were possible when we first started. This was supposed to be a small project for my area of Southern California in, in Orange County, um, 72% white. And I wanted to you know, highlight some black owned businesses in the area from 
for my friends and colleagues who kept reaching out to me asking how to get involved. But um, quickly found out that it was this has been very scalable um, with all the people in the influx of trying to help out. So back to your original question, uh, any volunteer can go to our website, um, see what job, duty, or you know, task that really fits your skill set. Um, and on that same page, it's going to be a volunteer form. Uh, it's just a Google form. Um, some questions like, you know, what role did you want to fill? Say if you say videographer, um, please submit a portfolio. Um, how many hours do you envision um, volunteering to this project? Submit that form. We'll, you know, get it reviewed, get the agreement going, uh, get the uh, onboarding process going, and we communicate through Slack. And, and that's how, you know, our different tasks and stuff uh, get assigned and get done. How do you manage a team of volunteers? Uh, volunteering, uh, volunteering is great. Um, I uh, volunteer at lots of places. I think it's wonderful. I also think right now at the place we are in the world, people are uh, very enthusiastic and want to make a contribution. And as time goes by, uh, with the economic distress of the pandemic, I do think that in some instances, people will have more time available to donate versus mm-hmm. dollars. It, do people start off being really gung-ho and want to jump in and then do they taper off because it is a volunteer position? It's not work. Do you, people become more and more engaged and pick up more and more work? Are you Have you not been around long enough to discover what the ebb and flow is yet? I mean, it's a mix. Everyone who comes in it, it seems to be super excited in the beginning. Uh, you know, I think a, you know, as, a, as, as a startup and, and it's kind of uh, innovative project. Everyone's like, okay, well, I hadn't thought of this one, so this is a <laughs> this is a cool thing I want to get behind. Um, I think the ebb and flows, as you talk about, have to do with so many extreme circumstances that it's hard to say, oh, just because of this, just because it's like you know, you have the pandemic going on, and you just rem- you just mentioned you had a uh, a treacherous election that just happened. So uh, those outside forces kind of control that. And I know a lot of people when they first started were, you know, had a lot of time doing being laid off to COVID and they were like, okay, we're, you know, we're willing to volunteer. Well, you know, now more and more people are actually going back to work. So now that time dissipates or um, your kids are now at home all the time. So now you have more of that time you got to focus on. So I wouldn't say it's necessarily because of some momentum Spicy Green Book is or is not making in the, in their metro area. Um, it's just a lot of other moving forces that kind of change on the level of um, commitment one is able to actually do in the number of hours they do in a week or in a month. But um, as far as my job is to kind of continue to keep them motivated and actually show them the progress that they're making. I think it's easier to continue to work at something when you can directly, on the other hand, reap the result from that. And so I, I try to remind them, it's like, okay, you know, we got these many business owners, we got, you know, these stories, these testimonies, you know, people are paying attention. It, it's continuing to grow. So uh, let's keep the course. Activism can sometimes be hard because of that. You go out, you put a lot of effort into something, and then the result is not necessarily immediately tangible. 
um, after all the energy is exerted. So there is something to be said for a very uh, short correlation between action, reaction, and result, which is gratifying probably for a lot of people involved in the process. Um, We at Heritage Radio are also a nonprofit, and we have been on the air for more than 10 years, and action, reaction, and result has been very important to us. We are supported almost entirely by members who are listeners like many of you, grants, and underwriters like this one. Stay with us and find out who is sponsoring this episode of Tech Bytes. This episode is brought to you by Appeal. Here at HRN, we care about reducing food waste across our food system, from farms to home kitchens. We know that about half the produce we grow ends up in the trash. We all want to enjoy produce at peak freshness and reduce the amount that gets thrown away. That's where Appeal comes in. Appeal is a plant-based protective layer that helps produce last up to twice as long. It's edible, invisible, and imitates how peels naturally protect fruit and vegetables. Because here's the thing. Less waste just doesn't mean we're throwing less food away. It also means we waste less water, energy, and other resources that go into growing produce. Appeal works with nature to reduce waste across the food system, from the farm to the kitchen. Appeal helps us conserve our precious resources to ensure we have fresh food to meet our growing need. Appeal, food gone good. Learn more at appeal.com. Well, if you're just joining us and you're wondering what the hell you clicked on, this is Tech Bites, the weekly show on the Heritage Radio Network where we look at the intersection of food and technology. And today that intersection is Spicy Green Book. It is a really interesting volunteer-based nonprofit that provides a platform for Black-owned food businesses across the country and helps them get their story out to their communities and potential customers. If you want to learn more about Spicy Green Book, either as a business, a volunteer, or maybe just a hungry diner, visit them online at spicygreenbook.com. You can find them on most social media platforms at Spicy Green Book. And they have recently just launched in the App Store. So look out for the Spicy Green Book app. We are speaking with Danilo Bastin, who's founder and executive director of Spicy Green Book. Um, This is a brand new endeavor that started this summer after the George Floyd murder and Black Lives Matter protests. Danilo, I think it's worth noting that your project that seems very ambitious and has gained a lot of traction in a very short period of time is completely outside what you were doing before this. Tell us a little bit about your story of what you were doing before you started Spicy Green Book and and how this all came to pass. I think it would be probably inspiring and it's a very interesting founder story. Yeah, so I didn't have a background in, you know, running a business and and, and managing this many people uh Prior to this, uh, been in the food and beverage industry for about nine years as a server, then as a bartender. Uh, but mainly, I was focused on nursing school. Um, I'm in an accelerated program. It's ten months away from graduating, but um, after this, this kind of just fell on my lap, and so I had to take a leave of absence just to commit myself to this project. Uh, I knew it was important, and 
obviously nursing is also important. So one of those things was going to suffer if I tried to do both of those things at the same time. So I made a switch, uh, committed myself to something that I was really passionate about, had the network of support uh, going into that. But I don't feel like I left. um, I, I keep saying as far as nursing, it's always like being an advocate and even, you know, in nursing school, we talk about nurses getting more active and like lobbying uh, for different policies in the sense that, you know, they'll be more apt to speak on medical policy as opposed to the lobbyists who have been there, who may have a background in, you know, political or social science or something like that. So um, that part never left. I, you know, I still care about people and still want to advocate for those who may not have the platform to speak for themselves. So it's, it's kind of, to me, it's the same energy uh, in starting this project. Well, you had a background in restaurant work like so many people do. Um, I think it's something like one in five people or one in four people have worked in a restaurant at some point in time. Um, it's such a big industry in this country and supports so many people and has over time. Everyone at some point, it seems, has worked as a, a waiter or bartender or cook or dishwasher or something like that at some point in their life. Yeah. Um, it's always been a very reliable industry that's there um, when people need it in so many ways. It's an interesting, I think, um, juxtaposition between nursing and then a um, – socially focused restaurant platform at this moment in time being a healthcare worker and working in the healthcare system is really critical it's always a critical job but right now even more so it's interesting to me that your choices in terms of your professional focus were really centered on two of the most uh, pressing issues fights of the time that we're facing today, which is interesting. Do you think that that's, have you thought about that, that your choice was sort of, you know, frontline healthcare worker COVID or social justice restaurant economy community (laughs) builder? I mean, that sort of of encapsulates the headlines. All we need to do is like add poll worker and you would have the trifecta. There you go. Um, Yeah, it's a long title. Um, <laughs> I try to operate in the, and I always say like my favorite thing is operate in the world of idealism versus realism. And, you know, the, e- the easy answer, but not the easy action is when someone says, you know, what can I do is, is to educate yourself. You know, um, usually if you educate yourself on, you know, the common problems in, in black history, a lot of these things can be solved. But on the on the quick action, it's easy to say instead of that, like, or easy to do, hey, go have brunch at this Black-owned restaurant. Go meet, actually meet some people, meet the owner, meet the employees, see the environment, understand that, you know, what you see on TV may not be always the information you want to rely on, that Black people aren't monolithic, which uh, I would say like the Texas barbecue in Houston is not the same as the one in Dallas that you can meet these different array of a culture that's outside of your own and you start to do away with those stereotypes start to learn more start to become more immersed in that environment so as it is in like I said being in that crosshairs of two positions I kind of felt like I it was something like I didn't go search for this this kind of came to me so who am I to kind of you know 
dismiss that. So, um, yeah, putting in the actions, putting in the net, and having the network was really critical. I, I've come to understand that like networking is a huge part of business. So I've been incredibly humbled to have so many friends, families, colleagues who are able to support this vision. And it's become, you know, something bigger than I could have even imagined. So you have had a pretty big month so far. You've redesigned the website. You have a great new logo. You are now in the app store, uh, which will raise your profile and, and increase usage of the business. What do you have on the roadmap between now and the end of the year, the next six months, the next 12 months? What what are you working towards for the future of Spicy Green Book right now? Yeah, this, this fall has been, I mean, this whole time, but really this fall has been such a, like, a whirlwind of new advancements that we're trying to make. So, like I said, it was, it was supposed, this Spice Rain book was going to be something small that, um, for just my small area, but the outreach of support, you know, the press attention just accelerated that so fast that we were just trying to keep it all together and like, okay, let's put something up on the web. Let's just put like, you know, a basic design up, uh, get all the content we need. And as we move on and as we grow in numbers, we can bring in more supporters who can actually help us refine that. So now we've actually had some time to do kind of the back end stuff of getting the design done, um, collaborating with, you know, all the collective people who are involved in that process, uh, getting it coded and implemented, fixing, you know, some bugs that, we, that we've seen on the website. Like I said, you got the, got the new logo up, brand guidelines done. Um, we just got into the app store, which was super exciting. It's always funny to see what in the consumer's mind legitimizes you like certain press or you know the app store like for us was like a big win uh we're still working on the google store this week so but that should become <clears throat> sorry that should be coming out pretty soon uh, moving forward we like my main focus in within the next couple weeks is adding more things to the website that there are going to be more pages and more features um, like I'm like a for example mentioning the flyer that I do want to create a space that the active volunteerism kind of takes center stage where uh, we can kind of collaborate with you know some organizations or some schools and stuff to have the volunteerism continue even if your set of skills do not match what is on the website I want I really want everyone to have a role here and so then the spicy green book doesn't really belong to anyone. It's kind of a whole network, kind of a, a tree giving roots to the ground, I kind of think of. So that's kind of my focus right now is how to, how to accomplish that and how to add more things onto the website so there's something for everyone. Maybe you didn't come there as the hungry person at the moment. Um, there was something, some other resources you were looking for on the website. So I hope to have it all for you. Um, outside of that, it's... it's putting out more uh, exciting video content. Uh, we got a lot of video shoots uh, that are being scheduled, that are being done, that uh, also put you into a different space. And then the, um, adding more businesses. Uh, like I said, we're at 147 now, uh, with just from you know this summer. So um, we plan to increase that number um, 
dramatically. Well, I'm sure it'll be a question of chicken and the egg. Do you have the volunteers or the businesses, which is overtaking the other? And hopefully you'll be able to strike a good balance between all of those uh, resources and points of interest. Before we close out the show, tell us where the name Spicy Green Book comes from. Yeah, so um, actually when I was thinking of the name of the website, I was sitting here watching, uh, keep telling the story, I was watching um, Kirla Mike's uh, Atlanta rapper and activist. Um, he's on Netflix. Um, I think it's called Trigger Warning with Killer Mike. And he stumbled, He tries to buy black for 72 hours um, and talks about how we need to keep the black dollars circulating, how in white Asian communities, Jewish communities that, it, you know, circulates from anywhere from 16 to 18 days, a black community, I believe it was like a couple hours, like six hours or something like that. Um, so in his pursuit, he ends up homeless because obviously his, his home is not filled by all black people, even, you know, can't find a car, even he goes somewhere to eat, but the business is black owned, but the farmer and distributor are not black owned. Uh, he stumbles into his barber shop and he was like, man, you ever heard of the Green Book? I wish someone would bring that back. And for that to happen at that exact moment sounded like a call to action to me. So the Green Book is a book written by Victor Green during the Jim Crow eras. Um, he was a post office worker in Harlem, um, Negro Motorist Travel Guide Green Book. And it was to help black people who were traveling, especially around Route 66, find solace um, to, especially around with the sundown towns and things like that, to escape violence and finding hotels that they could stay at for the night and actually restaurants that would patron them and, you know, general entertainment where they would take their business, but they would also be safe. Um, so we, we wanted to give a nod to that moment in history um, and then also try to modernize it. So, uh, and specific to food. So Spicy Green Book is uh, what we landed on. Okay. Do you feel any connection or have any thoughts or have people asked you about the movie? Uh, I have never seen the movie. I've only seen commercials of the movie. movie. And so I generally don't have a whole lot of comment on it. Um, it. For me, my history of, the green has come from me reading on it. Okay. So a lot to do, it sounds like. You're going to have a busy day out in <laughs> California. And it's, it's just so interesting how, um, you know, different opportunities present themselves in life. And, you know, especially for founders, founders for startups, um, motivated by an idea of something that they want to build because of the times that they live in. And, you know, we, we've heard it over and over again on this show that people make things for themselves and for their communities, mm. um, things that they uh, want in their lives for one reason or another, um, whether it be to connect people or work on the environment or feed a neighborhood. So it's really interesting how one person's uh, realization and desire for something uh, can translate into a discovery that a lot of people want that very same thing. 
I want to thank Danilo Bastin for getting up early and coming on Tech Bites from California. He is the founder and executive director of Spicy Green Book. Check them out online, spicygreenbook.com, and on social media at Spicy Green Book. They're also in the App Store if you want to download that today. Um, you can also volunteer um, as a person. You can also get in touch as a business owner. If you are a business owner and you would like to sponsor Tech Bytes, we are always looking for new partners. You can get in touch with us, techbytes at heritageradionetwork.org. If you want to make a donation to heritageradionetwork.org, visit the website, click the beating heart, and you know maybe give us what you spent on delivery today. It'll help us make more radio, uh, which is really important in this time to stay connected with stories of our communities, things that are happening. And we always try on Tech Bytes to shine a little light on things that are positive stories about growth and good deeds and connecting with people around the world. Tech Bytes is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer Leutzi. Our engineer is Matt Patterson. Our theme song, Nomad CPU Track, is by DJ Uptown Nico. We have been on HeritageRadioNetwork.org since January of 2015. Heritage Radio Network has been online and on the airwaves for more than 10 years. If you like this show, come back every week. If you love it, download it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, your favorite podcasting platform. If you can't live without it, send us a donation. We'll make more radio, and we'll send out our undying thanks. I'm Jennifer Leutzi. And this is Tech Bytes. Tech Bytes is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Just enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please... Join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.